Hello everybody and welcome to the 29th episode of the Alien vs Predator Galaxy podcast. This is your typical host, um, co-administrator Corporal Hicks, and with me I have my two usual cohorts, um, Ridgetop. Hello again everyone. And Xenomorphin. Hello for all members. And, well, our dulcet tones are going to bring you some uh, surprising... Uh, news, I, I think, would be um, a good way to describe it, because um, we're going to be chatting about Prometheus Two. S- sorry, n- not Prometheus Two. It's it's Alien Paradise Lost. And if you're wondering what the hell I'm going on about, um, well, we'll tell you, I guess. Because um, this uh, this last uh, month's been quite exciting for. Um, well, I suppose that depends on the uh, point of view. Yeah, depends on how you're looking forward to the film. Um, it's been quite busy. Is that a better way of putting it? Yes. Yeah. It's, a, it's been a busy time for um, news about the Prometheus sequel. Uh, the most drastic of which is it's uh, it's not Prometheus 2 anymore. It is um, Alien Paradise Lost. Uh, Ridgetop, tell everybody what happened. Why, why Paradise Lost? How did that come about? Well, um, Ridley Scott recently announced the title change in in an interview and I don't know it's it's definitely interesting because it's still going to be a Prometheus sequel for sure and uh, I guess he's stated that he, his intention is to kind of bring this back to where the aliens started which personally I've never been a fan of the whole like the aliens were created shortly before the first film I like the idea that they had been around like like beyond our comprehension or whatever but I guess he's trying to reconnect it back to the first film now, which is what everybody originally wanted. So I, I do find it really amusing how, you know, Scott and Lindelof went on about oh, this was yeah. going to run parallel to Alien. This was going to be its own thing in the same universe. But now, I mean, it's right back to the Alien title and, you know, what Prometheus did shooting out in its own thing. Fox is is probably telling them to bring it back. To, to what people wanted, which which was something that was an alien prequel. Um, I think, you know, he mentioned that it could be uh, two or even three sequels. So we could have four Prometheus films, which I guess alien films now would be the proper term. But uh, I don't know. That sounds like a bit much to me. I kind of wish that it had just been that, you know, two-part single story that we had but i mean I'm, I'm willing to go into it with an open mind we'll see we'll see what he can do i i definitely think you know coming off the martian which is a really great film by the way i, I just saw it and i recommend it um probably his best film since gladiator so i think it was is a really good preparation for for what he's going to do with his next sci-fi um you know he could really surprise me he could turn this into what i wanted the original prometheus to be so i guess we'll see well, initial reactions for you, Xenomorphin, um, you know, when you when you heard about the, the title change? Uh, well, I thought it was a little... I mean, I'm, I was prepared for this, not so much what the title was, but the fact they were linking it more strongly to Alien, because from what I remember, uh, Lindelof and Scott, they were saying it's going to be two, possibly three... I think they were mainly saying there were going to be two more films, it was mainly going to be a trilogy, and they were going to circle it back to the original one so i was prepared it's going to get slightly more and more like getting back to the derelict and whatever happened with that 
Um, I do have a find it amusing that they are now kind of putting it, engraving it in stone. But it's definitely a prequel to Alien, considering all the to and fro of, is it a prequel? Isn't it a prequel? No, it's not. Yes, it is. It might be. And then the film came around and it was like Wayland Industries or whatever it was, logo everywhere and Peter oh, Wayland. Yeah. And it's... Everything was obviously a prequel. And now they've kind of done a complete 180 and now it's being heavily marketed as a prequel. Mm. I mean, I do find that interesting. It's it was always. I mean, even when they removed Alien from Prometheus, it was undoubtedly yeah. a, an Alien film. Even even the company logo, they you clearly they went back to not only do these similar architecture in the Nostromo, they, they're very similar set design, but they even had that little logo with the Egyptian, um, you know, those little angel wing things on the company logo. So it was it was clearly always intended mm. to have been approved. Well, he, um, in one of the interviews where they were talking about um, the Paradise Lost title, he had said it was um, it's a title they've had for quite a while and it was what it was always intended to be. I mean, I one one of the things that I've seen brought up is um, you know how how can you call it an alien film if it's not going to have aliens in it? Aliens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which which is a fair point. Um, and to be fair, I did the first time I saw that news. Pretty much my next thought was, are they going to rebrand Prometheus to be Alien, comma, well Alien well, colon Prometheus? Um, Sorry, you were you were going to say? Oh, uh, I, I think Ridley Scott just mentioned that. I mean, he wasn't completely discounting the possibility of the Giger design making an appearance in the second one, as well as some sort of connection to Ripley. I mean, obviously Sigourney Weaver is not going to be in the film, but some sort of. Uh, I think he said that in a recent interview. Yeah, yes. yeah. He mentioned something about there being a, a reference to Ripley, but he wasn't going to say mm. what why. It was in an interview with um, Empire, and um, I've just brought the article up here, and he says, um, in a way, it is Prometheus too. So obviously, talk about Paradise Lost. There, it's exactly the same story, but it was always in the works to be called Alien Paradise Lost. Um, is Prometheus actually taking us off course from where I'm going? Nah, that makes no sense. Um, which, which is actually heading back to the first alien. Um, I've even got connections with Ripley in this, but I'm not telling you what. They, they start to talk about um, the Deacon and, and the alien. And he says, I think I have to go again. Um, as in, in terms of the Giga design. Uh, we'll, oh, that seems... I don't think I've read that part. Uh, we will see who made it and why. Um, but going to back to what you said earlier, Ridgetop, um, if the film does ultimately um, say that the aliens are a recent creation from just before Alien, yeah, I'll be with you in that that kind of sucks. Cause... Yeah, because, I mean, it looked like the derelict had, had been there for a long time, mm. and I think he, he had even said that before in either a commentary or on Prometheus that the crash shipped from... LV426 yeah. was long before the events of of Prometheus, and maybe it maybe it still is. Who knows? Well, that, um, yeah, I'm going to say it's, it doesn't preclude that they could either do like um, a historical flashback, or there could be a revelation. But 
the reasons why it had been made hundreds or thousands of years ago or something. But um, personally, I'm in the camp of I prefer the alien to be naturally evolved. And maybe they they found it on an expedition or, or something like that. Or it would, you know, they found it and, it and maybe the black ooze was a side effect of trying to mess around with something they found rather than they invented. But um, yeah, if it goes that way, we know that Ridley Scott prefers it, that they were created. Well, Scott's always changed his mind, um, depending on what he's sort of thinking at the time. Um, mm. And like you were saying, it, it looked like the derelict in Alien had been there for a long time. I mean, um, granted, he's not a friggin' biologist, but Dallas does comment about it looks like it's fossilised. And the implication was always that it was... You know, well, it, was, it'd been there was, a while. Um, yeah, that was Dan O'Bannon's. Um, that was his interpretation. The guy who wrote the story. That was his interpretation. In fact, he went further. He he wanted it to have been implied that they were actually like a Lovecraftian crossover. That they were actually genetic relations to these elder cosmic gods. But his the guy who wrote the story. He wanted it that they were natural things they even had their own civilization i think giga was always talking with o'bannon on set in the original alien he kind of thought of them that way and ridley scott was the one who had the idea weaponized as well yeah. yeah they were weapon i think i get the impression when i read back on some of the commentaries and that i think i mentioned this in the forum that when Ridley Scott mentions about, you know, biomechanics and robotics and stuff, he looks like it's part machine, blah, blah. I think that's what got his thought process thinking in terms of taking that literally, like it is literally part machine, therefore it might have had to have been made. Um, but yeah, now he's the guy who's helming this stuff. He's the guy in, in charge, you know, producing the movie. He can do what he wants yeah. with it. I think it's, that's yeah. the direction it's going to go. But, His vision. You know, he thing. could. He could surprise us. It might be that they have something that were found and then they were modified genetically. It could be anything. Well, we that, that's... go the hand-wavy route and go, ah, we're going to save this for the third movie. That's sort of what's um, what was implied in the original um, Spate script. Mm. Um, and um, I was also going to mention the derelict thing from that as well. Because um, Spate's script um, implied that the derelict had crashed recently, which is what... Um, something that I was sort of glad they changed in Prometheus and made it a completely different ship. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, from what I remember of um, engineers, um, the implication was that there were these sort of proto-alien type creatures that were either some earlier um, earlier design or something they'd found and were sort of um, riffing off of for the um, for the aliens, which was a lot more. A lot more coherent than the alien type things that they ended up with that were completely disassociated with each other in the actual mm. film. Um, but I'm personally, I'm happy either way. Um, I love the notion of them being some elder god, um, da- angels of death that have always existed, um, naturally occurring, and you know, it's the galaxy sort of being a dick um, <laughs> you know having created these things um, because that in themselves makes them quite mysterious and powerful um, you know thinking that they've been around all this time but on the flip side of that um, I also love the idea of them being created um, by the engineers because on a basic level 
that makes the engineers more powerful and more dangerous because they can wield the power to create something so violent and perfect as the alien. So either side works for me, um, but from his interviews it does really look like he's going with them being some sort of um, engineered weapon. So, you know, if you're not into that, you might not like the direction, um, the... I don't even know what to call the new series, um, the Prometheus franchise. Well, the prequels. They are now prequels. So, yeah, you know, that's going to depend. But it's nice to hear, rather than the fanning around that we got around Prometheus, where it was, ooh, is it, is it, maybe a little bit that's been here. It's nice to hear some solid sort of, um, you know, news that, he, he does intend for this to link directly into Alien. This is an Alien film in some manner or another. So it's nice to actually have that um, clarity. Yeah. Which is really nice. I mean, we did have the, the rumor that it was just going to be called Paradise, based on the deleted scene from the original Prometheus where they talk about the engineer homeworld. If I remember so. rightly, that was actually the working title for Prometheus. Oh, really? Um, I thought it was for the sequel no. that they were thinking about calling that. I'm pretty... Or was it a fake script that was called Paradise? No, it, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was the working title, and then somebody took it and ran with it. Mm. Um, you know, obviously, it's involved in the, in, the, um, in the Paradise Lost subtitle, which I believe is based on a poem. Yeah, um, it's a biblical poem. And isn't it in reference to um, Eden? The falling of the, Adam, um, Adam yeah. even the Garden of Eden. If you read it, do you uh, do you know what the poem? I, I have not read the poem. I I know some basics about it, and and Ridley Scott has said that it's kind of like the film's not going to be like a uh, sci-fi adaptation of the poem, obviously, but it's going to take some cues, kind of just like the original did from the Prometheus myth. But um, at the same time, I really hope the movie does not go more into the religious undertones that the first one had. That was a big annoyance for me. In terms I of them did... being creators. Well, well, not only that, but I mean, you had... I'm sure they'll have to go into it, but Shaw's faith kind of played oh, a, a big oh, part yeah. of the whole thing. Oh, yes. But, um, I mean, they, they also mentioned that the you know, the 2,000 years ago of the installation that was there, and some people think that maybe, like, Jesus was, was an engineer or something well, like that. that was the Scotty. idea. Yeah, they, they, I'm pretty sure he talked about it, but then yeah, decided to... Yeah, he said it was, um... was going to be Space Jesus, and, and he did this thing that I always disagreed with, that he was he was being interviewed, and he said, oh, well, yeah, they'd have, they'd have come down here, and they'd, they'd have made this guy, you know, Jesus would make it, which, you know, it's not a, a new idea by any means. Jesus was, a, was an E.T. representative that they made to try and engineer society's values and he got crucified and he said oh well they would have all seen us running around in skirts and doing that and, that. and every time he says that it's that scene from that monty python life of brian film that comes to mind where there's that guy saying oh what have the romans ever done for it? and these they, they start spieling off like all the things that the romans were actually quite advanced and quite radically advanced in doing and whenever ridley scott was saying that i was thinking no aliens wouldn't have thought oh we're all horrified barbarians we, they'd have looked at these civilizations and they would have they wouldn't have thought oh everyone's mad you know they 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 would have understood what's going down on earth i thought hang on a minute ridley you're saying that because they sent down representative who's you know got no defenses and hit them from what i remember of what's written about jesus he you know he accepted his fate or was meant to have done you sent this guy down here he, he got crucified or according to some 
legend he didn't and um you're pissed with him you made him into a rebel he got crucified and then you're going to destroy the entire planet's ecosystem just for that that doesn't make sense for me but yeah it does make sense when you look at some other myths like i think it's the i mentioned this in the forum the other day um things like the book of enoch where it does mention um these you know these people from the skies or whatever they're called watchers and they apparently disobey they i think they they're termed as angels and they were like one set of angels that was meant to be watching over the earth and they disobeyed regulations basically to try and help us advance and they're the guys who were meant to be telling them what to do they said oh no 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 and then god in quotes sent a flood down to try and get rid of them because they would create they were mating with a human population creating hybrids now i'm not bothered if they try and go down the mythological route but when how prometheus did it it did it in a very superficial cack-handed way and it, whenever i watched it i think okay you're building all this stuff up and then he's going to come up with this big revelation and know that the internet just goes punching people and that's it so it, it just kind of fell on its face it tried to be this epic mythological thing but it they, it's like they didn't bother to do their research and they just went, okay, have you punched someone and that's it. Well, from from the sounds of it, I mean, when he talked about the whole Jesus being an engineer thing, it seemed mm. like they didn't want to piss off the Christians. Yeah, I, I can see that's the reason. But it, I'm, you know, I'm glad he did that because if he had gone down, because that was it was, intent, it, I think that was a stupid idea, worked. to be honest. Yeah, yeah it wouldn't because why would they think? Okay, we're going to destroy the entire planet just because Jesus got crucified. When supposing Jesus was made by engineers, they would have deliberately made him into a rebel. He would have been someone who's going around telling religious leaders, "Oh no, you're, you know, I don't." think i don't agree with you blah 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 a rebel back in those days is gonna get you know he's gonna turn heads and all that so if you're going to construct it into the prometheus continuity as it was it's got to make sense it wouldn't make sense for me if i was watching this maybe they're going to resurrect that idea i don't know no pun intended but um if they go down that route it's i'm, I'm just hoping they don't go down they were going to destroy humanity because jesus got crucified because that's just it's too simplified for me it's just the way of viewing history where there are lots of legends that do deal with giants and you know people from the skies who came down blah, blah, blah. it's very ancient alien sort of stuff but that's the whole point of what the film was yeah doing. yeah it's... it could have worked in some really there are some really compelling legends out there very dark entities and blah, blah. it would have been perfect if you're going to create you know bring the alien the the giga's designs into it it could have made for a really compelling film but they didn't bother they just they, it just felt you know let's make some nice set design and that's it they didn't we want to dress it up as a mythological film that's dealing with legends and trying to explain them in terms of extraterrestrials but they didn't bother and that's what i'm afraid might happen this time but if they do their research if they can get that going, fine. But I don't want it to be as simplified as they're going to destroy us because of Jesus, especially when the guy woke up after thousands of years and he's still pissed off for whatever reason. Well, there was a rumor that um, the engineers at the beginning of Prometheus were like a different faction than the ones that we saw later in the film. And yeah. that the ones earlier might have had like, um, you, you know, they had faith in humanity. 
Um, They didn't want to destroy us, whereas the ones we see later are more like a militaristic faction of of engineer that that do want to see us dead. Um, So I wonder if they'll go into that in the next film at all, if there will be like two warring factions of engineers or something like that. I, uh, they just really need to explain it because I'm sick of the whole, like it was in the Prometheus comic as well. The engineers just want to kill us and it's a mystery. They, they need yeah. to explain that in the second film. They need to have underlying motivation. Mm. They need to know in terms of, you know, the, the writers and Ridley, what the hell they're actually going to do. Mm. Because to me with Prometheus, it sort of felt very, um, very meandering. They they wanted to throw these loose questions in there and flit about and pretend it was all cerebral and deep. Mm. And well, it wouldn't have mattered, but because they wanted to do that, it was like I don't know which came first, but because they it felt like because they wanted to do that, Ridley Scott went okay. Now I think before that he said oh, I want to make the space jockey into just a suit. And it's well, that just, was something like, around the around for ages. And, yeah, but it's, you know, it, it feels like because that happened and everybody for years had wanted H.R. Giga and Ridley Scott to get back together to explore the space jockey and to, to explore biomechanical stuff. And the two things that he took out were, you know, yeah, what the space yeah. jockey was. And he divorced the bio part from the biomechanical in a lot of the set design. And, it, you know, some of that wouldn't have mattered, but because it involved changing the space jockeys into this, these relatively generic, you know, big hulking guys that have white skin, that, you know, it kind of like compounded the issue into what pissed off a lot of the critics of the film. Well, what I'm really hoping to see them fix, especially considering what he's sort of touting as being the main locale as the new film is, you know, that biomechanical aesthetic. He's going on about going to the um, to the engineer's homeworld or, um, you know, a, a, a more major population centre. Well, he's going to have to, because yeah. it was all about Shaw went off with um, David H. But he said that. He's, he's come out and said oh. that in interviews. And what they really need to do is return to that biomechanical aesthetic, because just think of how awesome and... You know, that's struggle to think of the words to, you know, really sort of say how much I would love to see that kind of sprawling cityscape of bone buildings and, you know, well, there, everything there that is, made. Yeah, there is a plus point on that because we know for a fact Neil Blomkamp, he is very much into that. And because Ridley Scott is now producer of Alien 5, whatever it's going to be called, um, I think it's obvious that Blomkamp had a lot of long link conversations with Scott and I'm hoping some of those have involved with him getting Scott to realise that if he did return to some of those values they have such potential that we you know they were squandered a bit in Prometheus but there is a chance to get them back and I'm hoping that's had an influence on yeah. I would love yeah. that to me one of the massive flaws from that film was a removal from that aesthetic and you know they um, Arthur Max had said they wanted to sort of remove themselves from from Giga's Giga's aesthetic, but that's w- one of the things that made the jockey and um, yeah. the derelicts so endearing. And well, it was it was so unique and yeah, compelling, yeah. especially. I mean, people forget cast yourself back to um, what was it seventy nine 
look look up you know look up on internet uh, movie database look at the kind of films that were around in 1979 there was nothing like it at all and for years since okay there's been a lot of films that have tried to ape that kind of the space jockey reveal and that but even though people try to be Giger and all the rest of it, there's nothing since that's come close. And especially back in those that day, 70s, there was nothing that came close to it. That's why it had such an enormous impact on the, you know, even if you were just a vaguely little bit artistic, it, it would have affected you. Whether, whether you were revolted by it or amazed by it, it, it had an effect on you. It was profound. Yeah, that's that's what I was about to say was that one of the issues I took with Prometheus is that it felt less biomechanical and more just mechanical yeah. than what we saw in the original Alien. I mean, you compare the Juggernaut and Prometheus, and they even talk about this in the making of materials, to the, the derelict in Alien or even what you see in, in Alien Isolation. The derelict was far more biomechanical um, in terms of it felt more organic rather than just you know, repeated lines in a mechanical environment. So I'm hoping they do go more back to that idea of things. Especially uh, if if that is going to be a major uh, locale in the new right. film. And I do feel that H.R. Giger was underutilized for Prometheus, but at the same time, Very. I mean, he, was, he was nearing the end of his life, and I don't know how much of, of that type of artwork he was still doing. I know even, he did some sketches for yeah. Prometheus, but... Even then, there was um, somebody who worked on Prometheus, and I do this every time because I'm awful and I forget his name, but it was something. I think it's Goodlin, isn't it? Yes. Or something yes. like that. Something like that. Isn't his name Goodlin? Uh, it was. It was a European fella who, who couldn't even speak English, and his daughter, I think, was translating for it. But his designs were so evocative of Giga. You know, slightly a bit more on the mechanical side than the bio side, but it still carried the same. Uh, general aesthetic and it would have been perfect some of those um, sort of locales but Prometheus it just went a bit a bit too much on the stone side for me everything seemed to have been constructed from stone rather than bone and metal yeah and just imagine how um, awesome that um, the pyramid I hate calling it a pyramid because it's so blatantly not a pyramid the, no, the, it wasn't. the the compound how awesome that would have looked if it had been more like um, Giga's egg silo or, yeah, I was going to say that one. Yeah. Or the actual um, Hakonan castle that it was that head skull thing supposed mm. to um, sort of emulate from um, Giga's uh, Dune concepts. Yeah, well, that's, that's there's enough about the head, the, the, even the head in that the sorry the head in that egg chamber, well the urn chamber as it was. We all saw that in some production photos and a lot of us went oh wow that's interesting it's got like you know kind of like barbed wire or something across it we wonder what this is going to mean and you watch the movie and you're still wondering i wonder what the hell that means because there was no there was nothing no explanation there was no hints a, a possible meaning for it it would have actually been better if it had had that like deacon like mural and they'd have stuck that where the big head was um and they seemed to suffer from a lot of that they did yeah, Prometheus was a lot of style over substance and it was the oh, wrong well, yeah. half the wrong style, I think. I think I think on the human side of things, yes, yes, it's not as grungy as the as the um no, but it was beautiful set design in, yeah. within the actual Prometheus. He's, well, having just seen The Martian, 
Um, mm. A lot of that's that kind of sort of aesthetic. So it seems to me that um, Giga's fallen into a um, a style of human technology that he's quite likes at the minute. And I think you know, you mean Scott? Uh, what did, you, what did I just say? <laughs> you said Giga. Sorry, yeah, fucking hell. I don't think Giga could ever no. be accused of falling into no. like human technology. Apologies, guys. Um, I do mean made Scott. He a train that went through his garden and he mm. around his house or something. It was that train out of species. Yeah, which was awesome. Uh, awesome was, design. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, I mean, he's, he's found a style that he's quite happy with. Scott has. Um, <laughs> and it worked It worked for me for Prometheus because it was supposed to be this, um, you know, advanced, top-of-the-line craft. And I brought that and, um, you know... I expect to see more of that, and he sort of refined it with the Martian, um, which I'm quite happy about. It's just I'm, I'm really worried in terms of how we, we're going to see all that um, engineer stuff, because at the end of the day, that is what those films are about. This prequel trilogy is, is about them. Um, and I hope to actually see some substance behind them, um, as well as an, a, an appropriate style. And I think... We've got one more thing we can probably talk about in terms of the news. Um, what Blomkamp's Twitter? No, well, no, I, I meant the Prometheus as soon news. Because as, as soon as this came out, they were calling it, they were going to call it Alien Paradise Lost, and Blomkamp tweeted out, you said, my, my film's now going to be called Alien Prometheus. <laughs> I st- I'm still expecting to see Prometheus rebranded as that, I really am. Um, no, I, I was thinking more of the location. Um because as, as a Brit, and I'm sure this should make you sad as well, Xenomorphin, um, he's moving away. He's moving away from Pinewood. Um, mm. we'd, we'd heard rumblings um, as far back as last year that he'd been um, scouting in Australia for um, Prometheus 2, Alien Paradise Lost. And it sounds like they're going to be shooting over there in um, Fox, uh, Sydney. Yeah, because the first one filmed in... Um... Pinewood. Pinewood, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, the first Prometheus? Or first yes. First, Pr- first well, Prometheus. Both. So it's Alien was, I think, Shepparton. Well, uh, that, yeah. that is part of the Pinewood um, is it? branch oh, okay. company. It's so. Yeah, it's one of their studios. Um, so, yeah. Well, I'm not, I'm not too... But because as far as I'm concerned, if you know a film's a film, if it needs to film somewhere else, then let it fit. So long as it's... They're not just doing it for business reasons. That's that's fine with me. If they, if they were... You know... In my mind, as soon as I heard Australia, I thought, oh, are they going to be intelligent about this? And are they going to actually do some on-location stuff around, like, some of those very fascinating, like, Aboriginal caves with the cave paintings, get some actual authentic stuff? Because there there are a few examples where they do have these figures that are meant to represent people from the sky. And it would be interesting if they actually got some authentic stuff like that into it. But I've got a feeling they're purely just doing it so they have big deserts to play around in. Well, okay, I suppose it depends on what the landscape looks like. I hope it's not another desert planet, I really do. Well, it's Australia, so yeah. it's either going to be that well, or... Well, they, 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 they talk about the, the uh, big Sweet. Disney studio. Um, oh, boy, Sydney. Just, Why did I say I Disney? Just... Sydney studio. So I think it's more in terms of ship. Yeah, I just remembered that famous deleted scene that they never actually got around to filming, but it was a whole purpose of having Guy Pearce being cast as Wayland instead of an on the boat. actual mature. Yeah, wasn't that yacht scene meant to be actually based in the Great Barrier Reef? 
I remember Spain. Yeah, it, it, it might be coincidence, but that's just come to mind because we're talking about Australia. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think for for this, it's purely where they're going to be doing the um, yeah, yeah. The I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's got nothing, but it's just you know, it just occurred to me. I thought, oh, Great Barrier Reef. I'm sure it was marked as that on the script or uh, one of the or screenplay or something. Another thing that was interesting in that piece of news that was just posted is Ridley Scott talked about just a little bit of some of the design that's going on in the film. And he said he's drawing the bridge of the next spaceship, which yes. makes me wonder if that's like a human spaceship. And if that's the case, it must be like a ship that is going to find out what happened to the Prometheus crew. Probably. And if that's the case, then it totally negates the whole fire and stone series. That just came up. So, well, well not if they don't go to the, LV, was it, 223, wherever. Yeah. It could be a completely different world. Yeah. It could end up just being a random thing. Yeah. I mean, it talks about, um, which we, well, I'm surprised we didn't really talk about more about, the the Rip, um, Ripley connection. Mm. Um, so, you know, could be um, a dad or I don't know. Um, I was going to say, I'm hoping it's not going to be as superficial as find out Shaw is her mother oh, or grandmother, yeah. because it's, that's going to feel too short. Yeah, a like in. Her, her mother or grandmother faced off against these things, and now Ripley, who was never told about her, grandmother. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because one be of the terrible. comics did that, that was set in the 1950s. Oh, it was an awful comic. It was, was an awful comic, and um, you had right at the end the guy who faced off against the... Alien said, "My na- he was on the telephone to the military or something. He said, oh, my name? Yeah, Ripley. Daniel Ripley. And you're, you're meant to go, ooh! And instead you're going, oh. Fuck, I say, yeah. <laughs> so, Just reeks of bad fan yeah. fiction, that does. Yes, yeah. unfortunately. I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be a subtle and logical connection. I mean, when Isolation, they first announced that it was going to be Amanda Ripley, I was... Oh, fuck's sake um, <laughs> but in the actual game it's presented in a very logical manner and it all makes sense and as I'm playing through it I was like yeah I buy this I'd like something that makes sense or something insanely yeah. subtle um, where they don't sort of go hey guys guys nudge nudge wink wink it's this one yeah. here more of a case of um, side away comment that you go wait what and then yeah yeah, I'd prefer something um, like that. I, I'm, <laughs> I, I think it's not going to be something like Shaw or whoever it is right at the end. They, you know, they they get a kitten and they're going to call it Jones. It's it's not going to be something as obvious as that. It's um, uh, it's uh, it, it's it's a little worrying when a director even says something like that. I'm going to put in this reference to this character. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink, and we haven't even started filming yet because that makes me feel like it is going to be a little forced. Yeah. It's also interesting that, I mean, this will be the first sequel that Ridley Scott's ever done, and he's talking about multiple sequels and a sequel to Blade Runner. So it's strange that he's, you know, a director that just has never done sequels is is finally taking this on. He's doing Um, Blade Runner too. Well, sort of overseeing it as well, isn't he? So he's he's not shy about returning to stuff at the minute, is he? Well, he did, for those people out there listening to this, he did praise James Cameron's Aliens. He did like the sequel to Alien, but you do, whenever he talks about 
the sequel to Alien. You do, he does mention it in terms of you do get the feeling that he's still a little bit resentful of not being invited back to it. So part of me thinks a part of this might be half he wants to do, but half he wants to have control over where he would have taken it. Well, he has. Just, yeah, well, he has said like a, in, yeah. in some of the interviews where it was on about doing a couple of sequels um, to Prometheus. Pre- the prequel trilogy, whatever um, we're going to call it. Um, he has said that he wants to do them all this time, which, yeah, sort of leaves a bit of overtone as to not getting the chance to do Aliens. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's always said it wouldn't have been the way he'd have gone with Aliens. Yeah. And also he's producing the next Alien, yeah. you know, proper Alien sequel. And the, we did get a little bit of a mention of the new films, uh, of new films of um, Alien 3.2, and just a little side comment from um, from Ridley in one of the interviews, uh, but it was something along the lines of um, "Yeah, it's going well" kind of thing. Yeah. Um, he'd said he'd seen the um, he'd seen the first um, complete um, draft that they got, and it was looking good, um, which is nice. Oh, there has been a complete first draft of the script then. Yeah, he, he mentioned it in one of the recent um, oh, okay. recent ones. Um, I don't think it's actually seen its own um, own news post yet. It's been overshadowed a bit yeah. by all the Paradise Lost stuff. Well, it's been because a lot of people on the forum were assuming that Blomkamp, who hasn't even got ready, it's done like a very basic outline. But if there's been a first draft already completed, that that is quite telling of how you know the trajectory, as it were, as to how fast it's going so far. Well, I, it was his. He did move on to it straight after Chappie, didn't he? So it's, it's yeah, been yeah, some significant time. Yeah, it, it takes, it take, you know, as someone who's tried to write scripts myself, it takes a while to, even in a, just a first draft stage, to get, you know, you're satisfied with it being a first draft. It's handed in. It's just, you're not still working on it. You've got the story. It's A to B to C. You know where you're going. Well, I suppose everybody works on different paces as well, though. I mean, yeah. Um, but that's that's kind of exciting. Another interesting thing is like regarding the Blade Runner sequel is um, if you look in the special features of Prometheus, there's like a journal for Peter Wayland, and he talks about Tyrell, and it, there's always been this connection with with Blade Runner to the Alien universe. So I'm wondering if in the Blade Runner sequel, if Scott is going to you know give more nods to Alien in that, or even like more directly connect it to the Alien universe. I don't think it's net. Yeah, they've always said that, um, and I like the idea of it being a low bald, um, you know, sort of subtle, slightly there kind of reference. But I, I'd, I'd hate to see them make room, you know, significantly make room for each other. Also, there are things that were on the banded material of Prometheus, the Wayland Storm Rifle or something that could shoot targets on. The opposite's plied of a planet or something like that. I remember reading it. I'm going, that, what? They, they, they didn't have this like, 57 years on from Alien, even. So um, a lot of that I, I tend to take with a, a big pinch of salt. Oh, that was it. Was all just press material, yeah. wasn't it? I know some of they it made it out that they'd invented the power loader and all the rest of it. And I was thinking, well, well, they're meant to be a big company, but it feels a bit it was too just, much. It was fluff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was fluff. Yeah. I mean, some of that did make its way into the Wayland-Yutani report, but 
it was very, uh, very... Which in itself might already be getting defunct, yeah, depending on if, and it's still a big if, as to whether Blomkamp's going to wreck on Alien 3 and the fourth film. We still don't know. I know, I know people are holding it out. It probably will, it is probably, it's still yeah. not 100%. Well, I was I was thinking... Um, Blomkamp, if you're listening to this, please tell me. <laughs> I specifically ask for no um, reused dialogue, please. Yes. That's that's my biggest bugbear when it comes to sequel, and I will love you if you don't do it. I don't want no close encounters. I don't want keeping anything handy. No game over. Nothing <laughs> like that. Just... But what about the Dippy Bird? Do you want a Dippy Bird? Dippy Bird, I don't mind. It, it's, <laughs> it's dialogue. It's real dialogue that, that pisses me off. I, I, I don't think the alien films are as guilty as the No, they, they're not. When it comes to that. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's a problem with sequels, I think, in general. And um, kind of coming back to the, the Martian a little bit, I, you know, again, I recently saw that, and I know you did too, Hicks. Um, I think it, it was just a really well done film, and I'm not sure if you noticed this, um, and, and maybe it was just in my head, but there was a scene at the NASA director's desk, and there was like a painting next to it, and it looked like LV-426. <laughs> maybe that was just in my head, but <laughs> I thought that was just like maybe it was a nod he did, but that would have been nice. I didn't. I can't say I noticed it myself. But. Yeah, it looked like that ringed planet, like a view from the moon or something. Oh, I'll, have, okay. I'll have to see the movie again. Though. Oh, I should definitely be seeing it again as well. Yeah, I've got to agree with you. It was really friggin', um, it was really good, and it was nice to actually see a good sci-fi from Ridley Scott again. And people yeah. were coming out of it going on about how much they, how much they really enjoyed it, which was nice. And I'm hoping it's sort of looking like a return to form for him. Who wrote it? It was Drew Goddard, based on a book oh, by okay. Andy Weir. Oh, I like Goddard. Mm. Me too, actually. Didn't he, didn't he do Cabin in the Woods? He yeah. did. Um, or did Cab- he just direct that? No, he wrote it. He must have written it in conjunction with Weir. I, th- I believe so. Yeah. Um, that's the thing. Like Scott, Scott's a great world builder, but he needs his a strong films are team. only yeah, his yeah. films are only as good as the screenplay he has to work with. And with Prometheus, the screenplay was kind of a jumble, and I don't think Lindelof helped it at all. But um, but I think is I mean, do we know who's writing the Prometheus? <sighs> well, you see, that's where it gets sort of oh, kind of scary because it was done. I think the first draft was done by the guy who. Actually, I forget which way round it is. I remember there being two writers. One was the fellow who wrote the Johnny Depp film that was supposed to be all, you know, awesome, but ended up being a bit of a damp squib. The one where he turns himself oh, yeah. into AI. Oh, Transcendence. Yes, that yeah. one. Um, and the other writer, whose name I believe is Michael Green, is responsible for one of the worst films I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> And that is Green Lantern. Oh, okay. But I don't really know the backstory of how that film came to be because it also has. Um... Is it legendary for having studio interference? I don't know. I really don't know. Straight adaptation. DC's only been a recent thing I've got into with the Arrow TV show, um, so I'm not too sure on the background of it. But that always leaves that those. Writers make me a little bit disappointed, but he's since said that they've had something like 
16 drafts, I think, was mentioned at one point. That's not a good sign. Yeah, I know. But again, it depends on if they've actually brought yeah. anybody new in and actually... Yeah. So that's really, kind of scary for me. Yeah. I really hope the screenplay doesn't damage the, the sequel like it did the first film. Because um, I have no doubt that it's going to be visually amazing. Um, but I hope, you know, doing The Martian that Scott has gotten a better you know, look at what makes for a great sci-fi story. I mean, I know The Martian was more based in, in reality rather than um, based in more in heavy sci-fi like the Alien films are, but I still think there were, like, The Martian had a lot of great elements of just a good story, whereas Prometheus was all over the place. So I think that, you know, working with the cast on, on that and and having more experience with the incredible sci-fi production design that was in The Martian will really help him with the sequel to Prometheus. I was going to say, I'd, I'd hope that he might actually get Drew Goddard involved with, that would be good. with Paradise Lost. I mean, it'd be nice. I know Scott's always said that he doesn't really listen to um, critics, um, but it'd be well, nice it, if it took... kind of does. It depends. I, mean, I remember when he was back making Legend, and mm. if you look on the um, special features and that, the DVD of Legend, they talk about there was this one point where he'd, he'd just written a, you know one of the drafts off, and he'd send it to a female producer, and she <laughs> she phoned him or or talked to him, and and she just had he said, well, what do you think of it? And she just said, Ridley. You can't have the villain fuck the princess. And he went, oh, yeah, it's terrible, what is. Sorry, I, I shouldn't have done that. And he went off and he just took note of it and he did a completely different thing. I just sort of mean in terms of I hope he's taken note of the fact that everybody fucking loves this film. And, you know... Well, that's he... the thing about for me. The only thing I've heard him... Because well, he was asked about his view on it, the only time I've heard him given a, um, an opinion on Prometheus, aside from saying he was perfectly happy with the way that it was edited and he's not planning to do an extended version, the only time I've heard him talk about it, someone asked him, well, you know, people are, you know, they're, they're, it's very financially successful. And he said, well, thank, thank fuck for that. I've, I, you know, <laughs> I, I think that people are ready for a, a heavy sci fi film now. And he, you know, he just went off on the tangent after that. But that's the only... So as far as he's concerned, Prometheus was... Um, I don't know if he thinks it's flawless, but he thinks it was perfectly fine. That worries me, whereas when I heard Blomkamp be very open about, yeah, he realises all the flaws that were, you know, in mm. Elysium, at least at that point I thought... Because he was identifying what they were, the actual flaws. So that showed me, OK, he understands why it was flawed and he's going to take... A deliberate effort with putting more in f time into correcting those flaws on his future projects that gave me hope for him doing the next alien film whereas with ridley scott i haven't heard anything that infers he understood what the flaws of prometheus were much less how he would correct them but what i would like to know from you because i haven't seen the martian you two have uh, were there any things that you could say Ridley Scott was personally responsible for, like the way it was shot or or some of the editing, which you wish he would have done in Prometheus uh, that you saw he did in The Martian? I wouldn't say so. I there mean, wasn't anything specific that you saw with the way it was shot, anything no. like that that you think yeah. Prometheus would have been improved by? It was, it was still very his style, you know. It yeah. Was, 
it was really closely shot. I mean, that and Prometheus, you could tell, you know, if you're it into was, film, yeah, that it's by the same, same director. Yeah. Yeah. But the difference was he had great characters. He had a great story. He had the proper talent to yeah. help him. But which was that was the difference. I mean, I've always said that people really underestimate that what made Alien great was the fact that it was a collaboration of people equally as talented in their own area, mm. um, which what which helped make that that special. Prometheus didn't have that collaboration of people, and with with the Martian, he did. He had yeah, he had that right. I mean, a lot of the people, um, the the bigger names are the same. It was still Arthur Max. It was still um, Darius. What's his face? Is um, his cinematographer. But they understood the film they were making. I mean, it looked it looked NASA. It looked Mars. It looked right, and he had the foundation of a, a nice strong script. Um, well, he had the foundation of a really strong book that Drew Goddard, yeah, as, as a talented, yeah. you know, talented writer, turned into a strong film, a strong yeah. screenplay, and I think that's where the difference is. Was it the same there, music composer? I think it was Hans Zimmer and Harry Grigger and Williams. I yeah. think they collaborated on it. Oh, okay. Um, I, I might be off on that, but I think that's what I saw. Um, another thing. If there was one complaint that I saw people had about The Martian, but I actually thought it was it was fine, was that the film was a bit predictable. Um, but I th- I thought that was a good thing. You know, it reminded me of just more realistic film, kind of like Apollo 13, where and that's what I was hoping for at at the end when when it's the climax. I was like, oh please don't let this be some ridiculously over dramatic climax like uh, like Gravity. God, mm, I hated that yeah. movie. Um, I like that. <laughs> but but no, it was it was it was just the right climax it needed to have, and some people may have called that predictable, but I thought the film was a lot better for it. Well, did it differ much from the book? If either of you read that, um, or was it mostly the same? It was a hell of a streamlined, but it didn't distract anything from it. Um, the book, I fucking loved the book. I was surprised how much I got into it. But the book spends more time with um, the main character mm. than the film does. But it tends to be a lot of, um, here's a problem, here's my science, here's how I fixed it. <laughs> um, which is not to say it's anything against it, because the, the character, Watney, um, he really makes it work, he really makes it engaging. And... Um, you know the 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 intelligent readers would have raised these questions that the book yeah. the book deals with. The film streamlines a lot of it to avoid unnecessary bits and bobs. So um, the, the it's book, the same basic. Story. It's the same they basic like story. It doesn't whole but, characters thrown into no, it that didn't exist. It doesn't butcher the book at all. So it it's not it a makes it true. No. Yeah. Oh God, no. Right, okay. Although I still maintain I love those films. They're guilty pleasures. I know they're nothing like <laughs> the books, but I still enjoy them. I no. took the right. People told me watch the Starship Troopers film, then read the book, and I'm so glad. Yeah, that's the way I did that. it. It was kind of funny seeing uh, a little tangent here, seeing Matt Damon's character as being such a stark contrast to his his NASA astronaut character in Interstellar. That it was, yeah. I don't know, I just thought that was interesting. <laughs> and I think that was genius casting as well, because as soon as I saw those viral videos, I was like, that is Mark Watney. 
I think the cast was fucking amazing in that film. I was, seriously cannot stress how much I enjoyed The Martian. Um, you should go and watch it. Okay. And um, what's the um, new book that it's Predator Incursion? Oh, yes. Good call. Out? I nearly forgot about that. Yeah. I, um, if you're in, I think it's just the UK at the minute, I think UK e-readers um, can get Predator Incursion now um but it's gonna be out in print uh, through amazon yeah uh, through amazon yeah yeah Yeah. Um, i'm pretty sure it's just uk at the minute um but the the print versions do out at the end of the month um at the end of october and for those of you aren't aware predator incursion is the first of the new aliens vs predator um, novel trilogy are they all going to be authored by um, Tim, Tim Laban? Yes. Laban. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He did, for those of you who aren't aware, he did the first of the recent trilogy of the Alien novel, Out of the Shadows. He did, yes. Or correct. Shadow. No, it's Shadows. Yeah. Um, so hopefully we might even be able to talk a little bit about that in the next one. And I should have a review up. Yeah. Um, and anyone who's interested also about that, I won't spoil details of what I've read about it, but um, it's in case anyone's just wondering, oh, is it set in the past? Where well, it's meant to be set in the future. So if you're interested in like the more of the computer game setting of AVP rather than the film setting, this will probably be more of interest to you because it's set with like the you know the type of colonial marine type timeline than the. Um, Island and Lex time. <laughs> Although I don't think it's got any um, connection to the films. It's more its own thing. I think it's a totally new thing that's set at that timeline. Yeah, they seem to be post-resurrection um, timeline. Um, mm. and is it connected to the Alien, the recent Alien trilogy of novels? Yes, yes it is. So it's like there's some crossover. Yeah, um, from what I understand... It follows on from Sea of Sorrows in some manner in that it references the planet. Um, LV-178, I think it was, something like that. Um, and, he, and something else just to point out is that there is a preview available. Um, if you go on the, again, the e-version of Amazon, there is a preview available on the e-book page. And even though it's Predator in the title, it does still involve aliens. Um because well it's an AVP series um, so yes I was wondering about that. it's not strictly Predator is it mostly Predator then? I have not got a clue yet <laughs> I think it should be um, so yeah I think I think that's about it aren't we hmm. anything else anybody wants to crack out or well speaking of futuristic AVP for our next podcast the 30th one we're going to go over the um Peter Briggs's original script that wasn't used for the first movie. Indeed, so that should be fun. Um, it had been a while since I'd read that, and I've just finished rereading it. Um, and it'd be fun to talk about something like that because it, it doesn't really get spoken about much nowadays. No, but... And Briggs was recently in the um, news section of those of us who oh, yes, the front page because um, Scorny Weaver had some comments about that, and he sent out his own like official rebuttal. And um, he, he was trying to basically put the record straight because he was on the inside path of knowing exactly what happened and didn't happen with that script, ultimately. Um, there is the first draft did get leaked out on the Internet, but the one that was going to be used and um, 
never ultimately did. It did have, about a third of it was changed. So if any of you are going to reread that script in anticipation for the next podcast, the script that would have been used, it does have a lot of it that was actually changed. But we'll be talking about some of that, too. At least what we know of it. Yeah, what we know that was changed, yes. Um, well, thank you for, um, thank you everybody for listening. Um, you can let us know any thoughts you have, any feedback, um, via the Facebook page, um, which is obviously AVP Galaxy, or, um, you can pop on the website and uh, post on the forums and you can find the, um, well, if somehow you've ended up on this and you don't know uh, where the website is, it's um, www.avpgalaxy.net, and um, you know, register an account, um, drop us a drop us a comment in the uh, the news section, let us know. And as well as thanking you guys, I'd also like to thank um, Xenomorphin and uh, Ridgetop for joining me again um, for our monthly chats. And uh, yeah. So uh, see you later. This is um, Corporal Hicks and Richard Up and Xenomorphine signing off. <laughs>